I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. everyone to rb1 colon a fantasy football podcast part of the fake news podcast channel we are back i am your humble host pete rogers and i'm joined by all of the guys in the very first episode of the 2020 year uh the resident old man clark barnes the weatherman jordan smith and ginger normal man nick bodiford guys how are we doing in this brand new decade doing great we doing short intros in the new decade is that what's going on well it's it's the off season and so you know we have to refresh and build ourselves back up these intros as we get into the new 2020 fantasy season don't worry i've got them all written down somewhere so we'll we'll spice in some old ones here and there but i figured first episode of the 2020 year we'll uh we'll just get start with the basics and remember remind everyone who we are at a fundamental core that's true. You you got to warm up after two weeks of non-podcasting. You can't just go out there in a full-on sprint. No, no. You got to get back something. into the swing of things. Exactly. Exactly. You'll damage your soft tissue. That's what preseason is for. Preseason podcasting is for warming up your soft tissues. Um, yeah. So we are, we are here in 2020 and it's a big year. It's already a big year for, for the podcast. I was telling Nick before the show started, Little little home update. Bex and I getting a pupper soon. So we're gonna have a new little pupper bumping around in this apartment while we record. Decision Pete. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We figured that was the natural next step. Uh and so I've been we've been in the midst of collecting all of the necessary crap that you need for a dog, which is a lot. A lot of a stuff kennel. that you need. You just need a kennel and a blanket at first. Because <laughs> they'll destroy everything. It's like yeah. buying a nice car for your teenager. Don't do that. Just, <laughs> just something with it. an airbag. That's it. Yeah. That's all if you need. She, uh, you're going to have to undermine Becca and sleep on the floor with it. Because whichever one of you it imprints on, it's going to love more. Oh, is this like uh, some Twilight shit? Where I need, I need no, to No, that's get- just... <laughs> If you sleep next to you, you comfort the dog, the dog will love you. Oh, yeah. Well, I figure, I mean, can't tell Becca this. She won't listen to this podcast anyways, but I already got a leg She's got up. her headphones on, but she did just move it. So she hears <laughs> uh, just nudged it. She's like, oh, are they talking about me? Oh, I can't hear. But I'll be, I'll be since I work from home, I'll be at, at home with it all the time. Becca's out trying to be a lawyer. Like, okay, who does this dog love more? Who loves this dog more? Clearly, it's me. Okay, yeah, I guess you got it all figured out. <laughs> I was just recently reunited with my dog, and oh. it was immediate. Uh, stopped paying so much attention to Katie and just stuck to my leg the entire time. Oh. I felt bad a little bit, but... But then you were like, like, this ah, is the greatest feeling. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest feeling in the world. Is pork chop tall enough to drink out of the toilet? <laughs> yes. Okay. I but know. I was raised in a house full of women, so I religiously put the, the toilet. The in. toilet is covered mm, when I'm around. Yeah, that's all uh, right. Yeah, good stuff. George, he depending on the door, he can open the door. He is um, he perseveres. <laughs> he finds a way. He much like really life. Hard. If George is, is thirsty, he finds a way into that toilet. <laughs> Frankly, I don't God care damn. if the dog drinks out of the toilet. It's his mouth, his yeah. decision. So, <laughs> your body, your choices. This, that's what this, I say. That's what, yeah. Meanwhile, Jordan is feeling really sad because when he got home from holidays, his cat was like, "Ah, what the fuck, are you doing here?" No way. She was <laughs> so excited to see me. I could not get more than a couple inches of space away from my cat. It was kind of annoying. But <laughs> Moral of the story: pets are adorable. Uh, it's nice right? to have a pet when you live alone. So it's true. I mean, I, I can't say that that is true. I've or heard with, it's true with people. Or, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're nice to have just generally. 
Um, when nobody else is in the house. Yeah. 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 I like when you're all alone. 50 fish in college. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of fish. Nick, Nick is trying to one up every cat lady out there by being like, "Yo, I had fifty fish. Get at me." I'm Get literally at- swimming in them. <laughs> all right, let's start the show. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk actual football. Uh, we've got. A lot of coaching news to get to, and we're, we're going to do a divisional preview since the divisional round is uh, coming up this weekend. But we'll start with some coaching movement that has occurred. We've had multiple signing, uh, well, multiple signings and multiple firings. Uh, we had Ron Rivera and Mike McCarthy are the only coaches to have found a new home, uh, Washington and Dallas, respectfully. Meanwhile, the Browns and the Panthers and the Giants are still out there looking. Jordan, you are boots on the ground, Green Bay. Basically, you feel the pulse of Green Bay, Wisconsin. How do they feel about their beloved Mike McCarthy now going to arch rival Dallas Cowboys? Um, honestly, I, I feel like most people, at least most of the rational Packers fans, because obviously you have like the, you know, your older irrational relatives who are Packers fans who are just hate everybody who isn't a Packer anymore. But there are more rational Packers fans that are like, you know what? Good for Mike McCarthy. We knew he'd be back in the NFL again. And towards the end of Mike McCarthy's tenure, it was more of a, like, we just don't have the right fit anymore. Not so much that he was just, you know, terrible and Jason Garretting all over the place. Like he's an upgrade from Jason Garrett. That's, that's what I think. That's for sure. And he might, you know, with as much talent that's already on the roster, I think that he could possibly, that could float him if he's still like the same old Mike McCarthy. Uh, But who knows, maybe he actually did take this whole analytics thing to heart and it's not some sort of like some sort of way to boost his resume before he went on all these uh, coaching interviews. This is classic RB1 podcast. I've been in a car for the past four days. (laughs) So this is all news to me. Mike McCarthy to the Cowboys. All right. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, Jason Garrett gets fired, and then five hours later, Mike McCarthy is hired because he had a slumber party with Jerry Jones. And I guess Jerry yeah. Jones is a really good cuddler. I think we all saw I, a risky business and thought, that's a good idea. We should do that. We we need more. The secret to my success. Damn it. Can we redo that? <laughs> when they like just interviewed Marvin Lewis and then immediately hired Rivera, it's kind of like, uh, are they kind of you know just fiddling with the Rooney rule and they already had him picked out? Or not Ron Rivera, McCarthy. Um, but then when, yeah, when it was reported that they had, they literally had, they spent the night together, Jerry Jones and McCarthy. It's adorable. And the next day, Jones was like, we're hiring him. Um, I love this man. Yeah. My this is the kind of guy watch. you could just have four pizzas with. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, I just want to watch how to lose a guy in 10 days and eat pizza. And Mike McCarthy is a perfect guy. We're just he did karate to in the garage. garage. Team. Yeah. <laughs> the samurai sword. But so. I think uh, if, if he actually takes this whole new analytics-based approach that he's professing, um, then it could be really good. Uh, if not, then I actually think we should question your statement, Jordan, that that he's an upgrade from Jason Garrett. I I don't know if that's the case. And and my point of reference that I'll just always go back to is uh, I think it was Greg Jennings was saying that in like twenty, he said I think it was in like. 2016 he said teams were calling out their plays in 2013 that they'd been running for five years and the playbook still wasn't updated at that point in time so if it's just like classic McCarthy I don't I don't know like what they're going to be able to do and and also they got to lock everybody up I mean all they've got is their generational running back outside of that they got all these contracts they got to sign like if Dak leaves oh man This could get ugly fast. So, Nick, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are you worried about a potentially new McCarthyism that we should be concerned about? I think if you uh, follow my Twitter feed, you'll know that I am very concerned about the current McCarthyism (laughs) we have going on. But yes, Nick, you are the only political tweeter that I have not (laughs) 
unfollowed and muted. <laughs> you you have the honor of bringing me all of my politics. <laughs> of, I, we bring we bring I, Clark's the RB1 podcast brings Clark all of his football knowledge and and then all of his political information comes from Nick's retweeting. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you want a bunch of really cute animal stuff, follow <laughs> me cuz I am always liking that. It's awesome. Well, what, Clark, what I do find hilarious is that you did unfollow me during the off season and then refollowed me once the season started. You got a second chance. Which is fair. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> if that repeats, I, that's fair. I understand. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, if if he actually, you know, doing the, the Gettleman thing where he hired multiple computer folks. Computer nerds. Oh yeah. Computer you got to build. You got to build yourself a geek squad if you're running a, a football team. That actual, yeah, I don't know if you guys have watched the clip where Gettleman it's incredible. Says, that whole thing, he says, we've hired four computer folks, uh, software, and then begins a new software. <laughs> he just says the word software. And then Dave Gettleman doesn't understand thought. what a computer is. <laughs> so that team's in some- good hands. As somebody who spends a lot of time going to federal IT conferences for my full-time job, that sort of speak from an old guy in a high-up position is not that far off, (laughs) (laughs) which is sad. Brutal. And then, well, and then in Washington, you had Dan Snyder welcoming everyone for the Ron Rivera press conference by saying, happy Thanksgiving, while we were in January, which is just also... I mean, you're close. You're at least in the right half of, you know, the right kind of weather temperature season. Is he just Do you think he's making a really native people? Yeah. Right. That's that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I literally That's could why I refollowed you, Nick. <laughs> is, is, Thanksgiving, <laughs> is Thanksgiving a fall holiday or a winter holiday? Fall. Mm. I don't know. Whatever the, the next great debate. Right. Um, but on the Washington side of things, I like the Ron Rivera signing. And they got Ron Rivera and then immediately also signed Jack Del Rio to, to do that defense. Um, you suddenly now have like a, a good, confident, competent coach there. Uh, and there's tools there to work something with. So I like, I like that signing for Washington. They're suddenly kind of getting things and going in the right direction. That being said, as we saw with the Browns, who cleared house, that even if you have a good players on the field and a generally good vibes going into somewhere, uh, the owner can kind of just decide that, Hey, let's blow everything up and start from the get go again. And do we really trust Dan Snyder to have the patience to let the Ron Rivera world run out? We'll see. I like the Ron Rivera hire and I like something else happening in Washington, but I feel like looking at who the football team in Washington had on their squad during the Jay Gruden era that he was not the worst coach. He was he was doing some okay work to get to those seven and nine seasons. Uh, but I do think Ron Rivera seems to uh, – players seem to respond really well to him. He seemed to have a little chutzpah going for things. Uh, you know, analytics – other people call analytics looking at what has happened in the past to help inform what you should do in the future. Uh, Ron Rivera seems to be hip to that. Uh, and and there's some good players on on the Washington football team, so it'll be you know time for a change both in Washington and Dallas. I think that there will just be some change positivity, even if it's a net neutral on the talents of the coaches. All I got for Washington is they have a new nickname now, and it's the Red Rons. The Red the Washington Red Rons. Washington Red Rons. Is that something like Red um, Run backwards? What does that spell backwards? Nor. Dirt. Norder. Norder. The Washington a, Norders. Norder, Washington. <laughs> Norder, Washington. <laughs> you just got to say it with a Norder Norder, accent. Washington. Oh, right, we're going to Northern Washington tonight. <laughs> Supposedly, he's going to be given uh, a lot of control over, over the team generally. I don't know necessarily what that's going to end up looking like. Um, you know, Snyder's never done that before. We'll see if he actually ends up doing that. I, I, I have no idea. I don't know how, how this team will ever figure anything out with Snyder at the helm. So I'm not sure that Rivera, uh, who I'm kind of like wishy-washy on anyway. Um, I don't know that anyone can really succeed here. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm sort of with Clark on the whole, like, how, how could Jay Gruden have ever won? 
it was like that, you know, he, he did okay with, with what he had. So I, I, I think it'll, I, I don't know. They, they need to get his GM. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, before we move on to our divisional round preview of the three teams that are still looking for a head coach, Browns, Panthers, Giants, do either of you have a feeling of a coach that they're going to, to get? Because for me personally, I think it's almost lock and key. Josh McDaniels is going to Cleveland. My only strong thoughts on this are the same girl, this anonymous woman on Twitter who called the Antonio Brown thing because she's got a cousin who works for an NFL organization and continues to get a lot of leaks correct, like days before it happens. She put her her thing out there and said that it's going to be Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer going to the Browns? Yeah, but this was like a week ago. And it hasn't come to fruition, so who knows? But uh, she's a very fun follow if you have not, uh, yeah, gone, gone after that. I feel like Urban Meyer would need, like, head coach and GM. Like, he would need the Belichick deal. Um, Which he could get. They don't have a GM. McDan- if it's McDaniels, I feel like it's going to be a little odd. We're just going through – like, last year it felt a little bit more like there was more new – first time head coaches getting shots, but now it's like so far it's only two, but it could be three, just retread head coaches, just people looking for a little bit of stability, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical. The Browns will go down that path. I mean, they, the, the word on the street is that they're committed to listening to what the Podesta has to say. And that basically they're going to form a union of, of him, a GM and a head coach together. Um, and Cause he was the yeah, only guy who was like, mm, maybe don't hire Freddie kitchens as your head coach. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was basically at odds with everything that they did. Um, and I mean, because he's, he's a genius, but um, what could be interesting is, you know, if, if Irvin Meyer demands some sort of personnel control and deep Podesta stays active in that, I don't know, maybe they can get it done. The two of them together. And one of them's the de facto guy. I, I don't know. Um, I'm just excited to see deep Podesta have more. Uh, control over what's going on justice for pdp good got a nickname already <laughs> just yep yep there it is get that trending that's our new cause that we'll fight for there you go quick little coach overview all right well uh outside of just coaching we got actual football going down and we had a wild wild card weekend which uh we don't need to recap too much about because i mean who really wants to talk about the uh the patriots falling on their faces and Losing to the Titans at home. That's not fun. Let's instead talk Never about before this. in the history of NFL playoffs has a team come back from such a large deficit as the Texans defeating the Bills. Uh-huh. I know about that. Yeah, let's, uh, let's instead get excited for Clark because now the Texans are still in the playoffs, baby. For one and done, that's not Clark's thing anymore. That's not the Houston Texans. That's the New England Patriots. Death of a dynasty. Anyways, um... But we've got the divisional round coming up, and so, of course, we're going to do a little preview of that. We will start with the first game of the uh, the whole weekend, which is Vikings, who upset the Saints in New Orleans, uh, going up against the 49ers. Uh, Nick, yeah. um, start us off. Yes, yeah, uh, sorry, caught me off guard. I thought we were going to celebrate Clark, but we just... We did. did. We already celebrated Clark. How much celebration <laughs> okay. does Clark really need? Let's be honest. So what we're talking about here, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't like Clark too much either. Just kidding, Clark. You and Porkchop are my favorite on the podcast. Um, (laughs) So we're talking about keys to victory here for each team. Um, I think it's it's fairly simple from the San Francisco 49ers side of things. Um, Their their team is returning to health, uh, full health. Uh, Quan Alexander is supposedly coming back. He's a stud, do-it-all kind of linebacker. He can cover. He can run stop. Um, and I think he's got the pass rush in him, but you know, he'll patrol the interior, uh, D Ford should be ready to rock too. They're going to be firing on all cylinders. Now with those injury concerns of those two guys just coming off injury, they should definitely be tested by the Vikings. But I think, I think the big thing here is that the, the Vikings are going to be missing Mackenzie Alexander and one of their other backup, uh, defensive backs, uh, Mike Hughes, uh, both these dudes are going to be out. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander specializes in covering the slot. This sets up really well for a big day from Emmanuel Sanders. I think that they need to just pepper him with targets all game long. Trust the the uh, the their other pass catching options 
as well. But I think that if they operate with him as the focal point of the, the passing attack, they're going to be able to put up some serious points. Um, as far as the, the biking side of things go, the 49ers have been somewhat vulnerable on the ground uh, to opposing rushing attacks. I can see Mike Zimmer going, okay, we're going to load up Dalvin Cook with 25 carries uh, and, and ride him to victory. Now, if the Niners are successful in their offensive game plan, um, a, a rushing attack uh, as in response to that by the Vikings is not going to be enough to, to keep pace. Dalvin Cook might have a really nice box score, but if what he's able to do is like 120 rushing yards and they don't get a whole lot going through the air, uh, even against the vaunted uh, 49ers secondary, um, they're just going to rush their way into a tough loss. So they need to stay committed to the, the passing attack. And I, I think it would behoove them to really test uh, Quan Alexander and his, his uh, healing torn pectoral uh, early on to see what it is he's capable of. So maybe get those tight ends going um, early on. So anyway, specifically for the Niners, go after Emmanuel Sanders. And for the Vikings, don't take your foot off the, the gas. Kirk Cousins playing really well. Test that secondary and test Quan Alexander on the, uh, on the interior. Yeah, and and we saw that. I mean, it's amazing how much better this Vikings passing attack is with Adam Thielen healthy and in in a part of it. And we saw that on full display against the Saints, where when they needed big drives to close out the game in overtime, it was Adam Thielen making the big catch down to the one. Uh, then they threw the fade to Kyle Rudolph for the win. Uh, and so and so with with a healthy Adam Thielen, <laughs> Clark's boy Kyle Rudolph winning single handedly the uh, the Vikings a a wild card berth uh, or divisional round berth excuse me but uh but yeah so I like I like the fact that you have got a healthy Adam Thielen there and that this offense seems to be driving pretty well and it's going to come down I think you're right Nick in touching that it's going to come down ultimately I think to the uh Vikings secondary who played all right against the Saints they were good against Drew Brees they got beat by Taysom Hill a couple times one big throw especially where Xavier Roach just got toasted on uh on a deep ball so you did fine against Drew Brees, but that secondary has been exploitable throughout the season. And so that's something where they're going to need to have another great game to shut down this 49ers offense uh, and keep it a close game so that they can. I mean, if you win a grueling like 14 to 17 game and you're just relying on Dalvin Cook to run the football, I think that's the kind of game Mike Zimmer wants it to be. And so that's going to have to come from his defense to be able to keep the offenses, keep the 49ers down. Yeah, and, and a, a side thing that, that hasn't really been talked about, uh, you know, pro football doc, Dr. David Chow, he, he noticed that although uh, Dalvin Cook's been dealing with that ST joint sprain on his right shoulder, he played all last game with a, a harness on his left arm, hmm. keeping his, his left shoulder in place. So there's something going on on both sides. I mean, he's still a, a tremendous talent, can get the job done. But if he suffers any kind of setback, I mean, he, either shoulder could get further damage. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah. Kim Jordan and the rest of those boys on the Saints defensive line were like the only really good unit for the Saints that were playing pretty well. And the 49ers line is better. I'm not sure if they're going to be fully healthy, but I mean, with Nick Bosa and them, they should be all right getting after him, which makes it hard for Cook and whoever might be back there. I'm really excited to see Shanahan taking on former mentor Gary Kubiak. They don't run the same offense, but it is the same style of offense. And I've blabbed about that enough on the podcast this year, but uh, I, I'm just really excited. Shanahan's offense a little bit more creative. I think they have, uh, well, I was going to say more explosive playmakers, but that's not true. So th this should just be a really good matchup. Lots of really interesting things going on on both sides of the ball. Uh, before we move on to the next game, let's pick this. Uh, Nick, since you started us off, who do you have winning this game? Niners. Jordan. Yeah, 49ers. Clark. Yeah, I'll take the Vikings. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Vikings too because I need someone to root for. And, uh, and the Vikings are my second favorite team. So there we go. We're going to root for them to upset the 49ers and continue on to the championship. Uh, for the NFC. So the next game on the docket is the Titans who beat the Patriots. Really, it's the it's the Tennessee Derrick Henrys. Let's be honest. Let's call let's call a spade a spade. The Tennessee Derrick Henrys going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. And there are two players, and it's not a surprise to anyone. There are two players who are going to determine how this game plays out. One of them 
is the namesake himself, Derrick Henry, who's coming off of a phenomenal game against the Patriots. Watching Derrick Henry, this is the first time, because I don't watch too much AFC South. Let's be honest here. How many people have time to watch outside of their division, let alone the AFC South? Uh, And so watching Derrick Henry for the first time, really, all a full game of Derrick Henry, is absolutely terrifying as an opposing fan because that man, he 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 has the like Legarrette Blunt syndrome of falling forward is three yards. Like you, he can get stuff at the line of scrimmage and Derrick Henry falls forward and it's three yards. He is an enormous human being and you totally can understand the fear of at the end of a game where he has been banging you for five yard gain, five yard gain, five yard gain, five yard gain, five yard gain. You're tired, you're exhausted. It's the fourth quarter. And then he goes and breaks off a huge run to basically seal the game. I was petrified that that was going to happen. Um, And it didn't. The defense did their job. The Patriots offense just shat the bed. So Derrick Henry is going to be the key to the Titans' success. (laughs) Ryan Tannehill threw for 72 yards against New England. Uh, And I understand that the Patriots have a phenomenal secondary. But it's also just like the Titans want to be able to just give the ball to Derrick Henry 35 times and have him average six yards carry, and that's the ball game. On the flip side, obviously, if you're going to play the Ravens, there's only one player you need to worry about, and it's Lamar Jackson. And it's containing him uh, in the pocket. It's making sure that he can't make huge plays on the ground. It's forcing him to throw the football. And if you really want to get you know sexy and, uh, and bold, it's forcing him to throw to his wide receivers, trying to take Mark Andrews out of the game, trying to take... Uh, who else? Hayden Hurst out the game, trying to force it to Marquise Brown um, and Miles Boykin and Willie Sneed, wide receivers who he doesn't necessarily love throwing the football to. He likes keeping kind of in the middle of the field. Uh, but mainly it is keeping Lamar in the pocket. It's keeping him from beating you on the ground. Uh, and only really the 49ers uh, are the only defense that kind of has been able to do that this year. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what the Titans do as a game plan in order to kind of try to mitigate Lamar being Lamar. Yeah, I think those are good keys. And I think that this game may show people who uh, fall into the what they have seen lately is what they expect to see all of the time. Titans just won a big game against the Patriots, but I don't see them having a snowball's chance in hell against the Ravens. I like the Titans and they're a lot of fun to watch. Like when they started getting hot, I made a joke on Twitter, like, Oh, we're going to have to watch the Titans in the early uh, wildcard matchup this year. Aren't we? But it turned out not to be that bad. They didn't exactly like back their way into the playoffs. They earned their spot, but the Baltimore Ravens are extraordinarily good. Like ever since they traded for Marcus Peters, they've just been excellent. And um, I, I don't think, like, who made the point on Twitter? I believe it was Mike Lombardi who said that, uh, you know, despite how excellent Derrick Henry was, they only scored however points. many points, 14 points. Like, he, he ran for, like, 134 yards, but it was, like, not that big of a deal. Like, Lamar can probably run for that, and Mark Ingram can run for that in the same game. And I, I just think... Overall, writ large, the playoffs were due for a 49er Raven Super Bowl rematch. Ooh, saucy. So, yeah, I mean, the, the point Jordan just made is, is what I was harping on with Dalvin Cook. Like, you, you can have an excellent ground game and grind your way to a tough win or, or more likely a tough loss. Um, that being said, you know, I love Derrick Henry. Uh, dude leads the league in, I think it's like yards of seven it's like 70 or more yards in the last two years like he he, he doesn't make any sense he's, he's monstrous he's and not a he's human an athletic freak like yeah i i have pounded the table he and adrian peterson's combine numbers are the exact fucking same he is a cat at 250 pounds it makes no sense he's <laughs> breakaway speed person he's really fun to watch um yeah and uh yeah he's super fun to watch uh and so is uh, ryan Tannehill's resurgence or you know or emergence um absurd it's been, yeah well and 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 i think you know uh evan silva was hitting this point on twitter today their their offensive uh coordinator arthur smith deserves a ton of credit i mean they they are throwing play action at, a, at an extremely high rate the only thing that they need to do more is is 
throw the ball to Derrick Henry. Get that guy more screen passes. You get him with a little space against the cornerback and his safety on the outside. Like that cornerback is dead. That's just yeah. that you're going to witness a murder. Just sneak I mean, him out there, and he'll be like cloaked as an offensive lineman, and people won't know where the ball is. <laughs> so anyway, I I do endorse the uh, the point though. My pick for the game is the Baltimore Ravens. They they've constructed their team in a way that is uh, nearly impossible for the rest of the league to defend because uh, they are neither a pass first. Uh, you know, advanced uh, like pocket passing team, nor a a rushing attack that goes for 120 yards in the ground with a running back kind of a thing. They are a a melding of of something astonishing, and it's really cool to watch. I had no idea that uh, just over the last few days, I stumbled across a piece from the Ringer where they were talking about how he had, I think it was like 1,200 rushing yards, uh, and he led the league in passing touchdowns. Like th- this combination is is never been seen before. This this is a has uh, uh, been to, to you know anoint Ben Baldwin. This is a a new age analytical team. With um, it, it's just remarkable. So tune into this one. This is this is going to be really fun to watch. And I I, I fully expect them to uh, to head to the Super Bowl and and win it all. Yeah, yeah. I'm picking the Ravens. I will say that uh, Baltimore is just up the turnpike and it's supposed to be in like the mid sixties here when they play. There's like a slight chance of rain, but like the ball is going to be in the air yeah. too. So it's not going to be your ground and pound bruiser. I don't think. All right. Before we move on to Sunday's games, uh, let's take a quick ad break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we are back, and to start Sunday off, it is Clark's Houston Texans after dethroning the uh, Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, Buffalo, dethroning those upstart Bills, (laughs) those those Bills who didn't win their division, knocking them off their pedestal. They now head to Kansas City to uh, hey beat the Chiefs again. They did it once in Kansas City this year. Clark, tell me. Tell me how this is going to happen again, and the Texans will move on. Well, Pete, I think this one's just going to come down to who wants it more. <laughs> hmm, okay. Yeah, That's sure. it. All right. All right next cool. game. Uh, next who's game, we're game? talking uh, about. Yeah, so the, the Chiefs and the Texans have already played once this year, uh, and it's an interesting matchup. I could see the Texans getting blown out. This could be the worst game of the weekend, or we could have another really interesting matchup. Uh, the, the Texans don't have a great secondary and uh, I don't know if you've seen this or heard about this but Patrick Mahomes pretty good Tyreek Hill pretty good so uh, just expect them to get shredded there but Kansas City doesn't have much of a pass rush either and uh, Deshaun Watson Will Fuller hopefully uh, DeAndre Hopkins also pretty good so it's kind of a matchup of weakness versus strength all over the board and so it's going to be tough to tell how this one goes. I think Kansas City is just better. Uh, I think in the battle of bungling coaches, Andy Reid is better. Uh, so I, I do have to unfortunately pick the Chiefs in this one. Uh, but like you said, the Texans were able to run the ball, keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, and get after Patrick Mahomes and pull out the victory earlier this year. So, uh, yeah, basically, who wants it more? Establish the run. Analytics. I haven't done the proper analysis, but I 
think Patrick Mahomes is better than Josh Allen. Um, so that's an advantage in Kansas City's favor <laughs> roughly, to get roughly. ahead. The Texans really took advantage of Josh Allen not being very good last week. That was an oh absurd God. like that conclusion sequence. to that game. Oh my God. Towards that was the end of the game. That was like a train wreck. I couldn't stop watching. Um, <laughs> but I feel like the Chiefs are going to win this game and kind of they're like the forgotten child right now. Like I know they had a buy and maybe because they weren't in our collective consciousness this week because they didn't play that we've been forgetting about them, counting them out a little bit. Patrick Mahomes was injured, obviously, so we weren't really like paying too closely attention to the Chiefs lighting other teams up. But they're still one of the better teams in the league overall. So I think they win and advance onto the conference championship to play the Ravens, who that will be another rematch, and we'll be relitigating that game for an entire week. So can't wait can't wait for retreads yeah i'm i'm i endorse this message uh should be a, a chief chief victory with some analytics <laughs> clark i would love i mean i would love for the texans to win this game because th- there's now that the patriots are out of the running the only team that can't win a super bowl for me is the chiefs because just fuck them uh, so I would love for the Texans to knock the chiefs out, but I'm also okay with the chiefs getting knocked out in the championship round yet again by the Ravens. And then complaining about how overtime rules aren't fair. Um, but really what I want to see win or lose, I want to see a, like just an offensive battle of Patrick Mahomes Deshaun Watson at full strength going toe to toe, uh, and have this thing go down to the gun. You're right, Clark, that this does have the chance to be, kind of a lackluster game, a complete blowout, but I'm hoping that Will Fuller is healthy. Deshaun Watson with Will Fuller on the field is just an unstoppable force uh, because he just opens so much in that offense. He takes, you know, safety help deep. DeAndre Hopkins can work underneath uh, and still get his, but then with Watson and Fuller, that that connection there is terrifying. Um, and so he loves to just kind of grip it and rip it and, trust will fuller to come down with it so i'm hoping that he's healthy and that this game is exciting i i if my hearts are hearts i'm still thinking that yes the chiefs pull out the win but uh but i would love for this game to be invigorating and a real like everyone loves to think that brady is done that's fine okay i'm all right with that deshaun watson it all comes back patrick mahomes you guys are the new face at afc same with lamar jackson let's see it let's see these new quarterbacks of the afc go toe-to-toe and show us a good game well one of those guys is gonna go to the afc championship game that's true <laughs> kansas kansas city missouri 39 degrees on sunday uh sunny zero percent chance of precipitation uh there could be 10 to 15 mile per hour winds though. So there might be some swirling around, but you might get your light up. Uh, wish there, Pete air raid. Let's go. Trust, trust the weatherman to bring the good, the good vibes. It's January. You've got to pay attention to the crazy weather, especially when we talk about the next game. (laughs) Well, let's get right into it. The final game of the divisional round weekend will be, the Seattle Seahawks heading to Green Bay to take on the Packers weather all over the place. I'm sure Jordan, I'm sure you've already got boots on the ground to tell us exactly what it's going to be like there. But again, talk about games and teams with history against each other. I know Becca as an avid Packers fan wanted any team other than the Seahawks to play, but don't you feel like if the Packers are going to make a true Super Bowl run this year, it has to, they have to beat Seattle have to get that monkey off their back. I think that we are actually not going to truly learn anything about either team in this game because one, as uh, the ringers, Kevin Clark puts it, the Seattle Seahawks have not played a normal NFL football game. And two, the Green Bay Packers have been winning ugly all season long where they are at least losing at some point or like winning by four points or less basically the entire time so I think we're in for another like what the hell is going on type of game um I don't have as people from Wisconsin when they talk about the weather they like to talk about the wind chill I don't have the wind chill temperature at kickoff for the Packers but it will be 25 degrees there 
um, for that game, which is pretty cold. Should be seeing some uh, some people breathing uh, that mist that's coming off there. Uh, I really think it's going to be not a, not a high scoring game. I think it's going to be in the upper teens to low twenties. It's I don't think anybody's going to go off and reach 30 points uh, just based on the way the two offensives have been playing. Um, the main thing for the Packers, I think is to stop DK Metcalf from just beating them deep. Um, they might have to battle size with size to match Kevin King on him. Uh, this is why you sign a free safety and the off season, pay him big money, Adrian Amos to, not let up those big type of plays. Um, I'm not entirely worried about Travis Homer um, and Marshawn Lynch. If you're playing, you're not worried about two running backs who, who carried the ball 15 times for 15 yards (laughs) or whatever their (laughs) stat line was. But the thing is, if you're, if you're throwing some money into DFS, like Marshawn Lynch could still fall into the end zone again. So that's always a plus. Um, little little risky but you never know um however it's it's russell wilson he's the one that will determine whether or not the seahawks win this football game or not um he the packers pass rush i think Zadarius smith is going to be quite motivated after not getting an all pro um nomination or vote even and uh russell wilson is uh, I don't know if you've watched him, but he's pretty good at like evading pass rushers. So that's uh, in Seattle's favor on the Green Bay side. I'm I'm hoping this, this kind of goes against trends for the Packers offense, but I'm hoping that Matt LaFleur, the, the split with Jamal Williams has been just to get Aaron Jones healthy enough to get to this point. And we see a significant, not significant, but a pretty hefty bump in his uh, Aaron Jones's usage and his snap percentage to just get him the football. Um, because uh, I don't know if you guys read the Bill Barnwell piece before the playoffs started, but he listed, you know, what every team needs to do before um, the playoffs in order to win. And he laid out the stats for Aaron Jones and like the advanced stats for like expected points added and like win percentage when Aaron Jones is on the field versus Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones is just significantly better, like across every single metric just to help the Packers win. I know, I know he's a running back. (laughs) I know he's a running back, but the offense overall just runs much more smoothly when he's out there, whether that's uh, in the screen game or on the ground with him too. So uh, Aaron Jones, let's go. How about that DK Metcalf, huh? Huh? What happens when you're six foot three, 200 pounds of muscle and can run a four, four or whatever. Yeah. I think this is that what I'm looking forward to in this game is watching, uh, the fighting Russell Wilson's taking on the, I think clearly more talented green Bay Packers. Uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has been as bad as it has been made out to be this year, but he has certainly not been fantastic. On the other hand, Russell Wilson is actually making a good case of why he should be the MVP instead of Lamar Jackson. Now, I, I would still pick Lamar, but for someone to even be in the discussion this year is is quite the accomplishment. So it'll be interesting to see if Wilson can put the team on his back again and eke out another, you know, kind of 14 to 10 win over the, the old Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I mean, I hope B. Carroll just sticks to his script, runs the ball 50 times and loses and maybe... We fire him. Um, Not happening. We got to establish <laughs> yeah. the run, guys. I mean, yeah. It's playoff football. The right. There's only one way playoff to win, win playoff football, and that's establishing the run so that you can run the ball and then run play action to run the ball more. God damn it. So, yeah, hey. I do think that the pass rush could be a problem. Uh, Dwayne Brown's probably not playing again this week. He's got a biceps injury and uh, a knee injury, too. So, that's, that's going to be a big issue. Obviously, DK Metcalf is just like coming into his own they're they're using him probably the the thing Pete Carroll's good at is downfield passes he doesn't always do them at the right time but he teams them up okay um I don't know who to pick in this one because I think that both of these teams are kind of just not very good 
as compared to some of the teams that we've been talking about previously. I think that they have some uh, standout players that can kind of make, um, you know, a massive impact like Russell Wilson. But they're, I think that they're very different um, from, yeah, from from the rest of the teams that that we've really been talking about. Um, I'm not too worried about the weather really ever. I mean, the, the data that I've looked at is basically if it's 20 miles an hour, or more of the wind, then you got to worry. And if it's snowy, that helps the offense. Um, so I think I'm going to go with the Seahawks, but this one's pretty tough. I can I think, see it going either way. I agree with what Jordan said at the start of this, where I think we're going to come away from this game, not really knowing what much more about either team than we went into it. But, uh, but I'm going to pick the Packers to win. <laughs> and so, uh, so that I still have a marriage at the end of this week. Well, if you have to sleep on the couch, at least do it with the dog. Right, exactly. So That's that what Nick said. So maybe I'll pick the Seahawks <laughs> so that I forcibly have to. So Becca really is just making her own bed of how why the dog loves me more. Because she banished me to sleep with the dog in, in the crate. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, pick I the think... fighting Russell Wilson's in this one. I Ooh. I do think it's a, it's a coin flip. Uh, the, I think the Packers are, again, clearly the more talented team. They've just been really having a hard time putting it all together when Aaron Jones doesn't have 280 all-purpose yards. So, Yeah, the whole Aaron Rodgers struggling with play action is one of the more baffling things I think that's gone on in, in 2019. Like he, he, he got worse uh, from last year to this year, statistically speaking, which is really surprising. They've, they've increased the amount of play action. Play action's like the, the greatest play yeah. ever. Yeah. Every team should just and run play action all the time. I don't know why teams don't. And, and he's terrible. And it's so weird. I, like, I don't know. I mean, he says his thing is, I don't like turning my back to the defense. And perhaps if he's just got that mental block, like he just, he loses focus every time he does it. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, but it's, it's, it's bizarre. If you talk to Ben Baldwin, his answer is like, yeah, he hasn't been good for like five years. And Mike McCarthy didn't do anything wrong, which I really struggle to digest, but I love his analysis. So I I'm up a Creek on, on that stuff. Yeah. I think when, you know, you've played like a God in the past, people expect that from you, like season in and season out, um jordan i, I know that we, we 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 both i mean brady rogers the god complex is there we both we both know that right right we, and you know everyone can't down. be russell wilson <laughs> there's like a, a myriad of different factors i think that are well it's kind of a collective thing um i've really like to emphasize for people that like I, i'm not under any illusions i don't think the packers are going to like unless they get super insanely scorching hot, I don't think they're just going to run all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think just because Doug Peterson did it, that it's extremely hard for a rookie head coach to get there. Like experience counts, but um, I don't know. I think it's a combination of being in a, a different offense, trying to shake off some old bad habits, some uh, some scar tissue from the past couple of seasons. I mean, Devontae Adams is one of the best in the league, but I, if I could trade uh, receiving cores with anybody else in the playoffs currently, I think I would consider almost anybody else besides Baltimore and probably Tennessee. But like everybody else has like really good weapons, which is like, Super important. You saw MVS fall off a extremely bad cliff. Uh, Geronimo <laughs> Allison was like never good. Jimmy Graham was a super bad signing. And then you have Alan Lazard, who's a rookie, and uh, Jake Kumaro, who is slower than I am. So <laughs> it's tough. But I, I think the NFC is a super hard to call at, in its current state. This is a, an audio medium, so people won't see this, but let me describe just how crestfallen Jordan's face was while describing the Packers' weapons. That was, that was just sadness <laughs> reflecting in his eyes. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's, it'll be fine. 
Jordan, join me. Join me with the Packers. Tell me the Packers are going to win. Come on. So, like, knock on a lot of wood here. Uh, Every fake piece of wood that's in my apartment. Um, I'll say Packers because they're at Lambeau. I think that it it helps not being at the 12. It's true. Fuck the 12. All right. Well, there you go. Mean. Just, just take one last shot. <laughs> just, just uh, throw somebody is salty because I'm not gonna say eh. because his twelve is out. My twelve is out, and possibly forever. Which, honestly, am I? Would I be against Tom Brady retiring? <laughs> no, I would not be against Tom Brady retiring. I would be okay with that. Ah, uh, yes. Are we Somehow, gonna have this debate? Even, no. even is no. the dynasty done? We'll have it. Okay, we'll have good. it later. As the dynasty is not done until another team in the AFC East wins the AFC East. There's your. If you want a check mark, there's your check mark to whether or not the dynasty is done. There you go. More go Texans. Go uh, Vikings. And Seahawks. <laughs> oh, Nick has a hard off. It seems <laughs> he got too excited about and that. Seahawks. Seahawks. It exploded. Bow. Uh, all right. Well, we are back on the regular schedule. Uh, we're going to be doing once a week now since we're in the off season and there's no fantasy to talk about, but we still want to talk football with you guys. So uh, shows will be coming out on Tuesdays from here on and out. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere you get your podcasts. We are there. Follow us on Twitter at RB one podcast. Follow myself at EM Rogers. Clark at NFL Clark, uh, Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27, and Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week to recap the divisional round uh, and talk championship football. And until then, peace!